Hello and welcome to the Vandenberg Flash Brief, your source for fast and focused foreign policy analysis on global news and events. I'm your host, Samuel Byers, here today with Joe Trusman, a research analyst with the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, to discuss the developing situation in Israel. Early on the morning of Saturday, October 7th, Hamas launched a massive attack from Gaza into Israel on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War and on yet another Jewish holy day. Fighting is ongoing, but this attack is both unprecedented in scale and scope. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said that Israel is at war, a term the Israelis have not formally used since the 2006 Israel-Hezbollah war. Meanwhile, the Israeli Defense Forces are now engaged in counterattacks and are mobilizing reservists across the country. Joe Trusman, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So for those who have not been following closely, what can you tell us about the situation in Israel over the past 24 hours? Right, yeah, you, you, you mentioned it earlier, and it's, what's happening right now is, is unprecedented as far as conflict, uh, the Israel-Palestinian conflict, especially uh, involving Gaza and Hamas. Well, I'll, I'll be brief. So uh, Saturday morning, local time, a massive rocket fire, uh, uh, rockets uh, were launched rather uh, towards Israel from Gaza. These weren't just a few rockets against uh, Israeli communities near the Gaza border. This was uh, rockets launched against central Israel, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem. So these were long range rockets. So right away, you knew that this wasn't, uh, something was uh, very serious here. Uh, and also when you have rockets that are landing in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, it's it, you have a pretty good idea of his fire group, and it's you know, it's likely Hamas or Islamic Jihad, right? So, uh, so this wasn't a one-off. So while these rockets uh, were being launched, uh, it, there was something else going on in the southern border, and uh, what was actually ended up being a diversionary tactic, whether the rocket fire was a diversionary tactic. Uh, paragliders came into Israel from Gaza. Uh, into southern Israel, landed inside Israeli uh, kibbutzes or kibbutzim or Israeli communities uh, near the Gaza border, uh, while, and armed uh, members of Hamas took to the streets and murdered civilians. They entered the homes of civilians, they murdered them. Uh, this happened in several locations, including uh, one of the major cities in southern Israel, in Sterot. So uh, it wasn't only paragliders, too. Uh, there were infiltrations from the sea and also on the ground. Uh, specific, I could uh, talk about this just briefly, is the uh, infiltration of uh, members of, of Palestinian armed groups through the security fence uh, between Gaza and Israel. The security fence was destroyed, and uh, which allowed members of Hamas and other groups to quickly enter Israeli territory in, G, in, uh, in pickup trucks and in motorcycles, uh, which they raced uh, into, these, uh, into these Israeli communities, uh, and thus murdering Israeli civilians, Israeli soldiers. Uh, IDF bases were attacked. Uh, and one of the most appalling things as well is that Israeli civilians and soldiers were abducted, were abducted, uh, taken back into Gaza. So uh, 
it's you know it's it's a lot to unpack what happened this was you know we're a little a little more than oh yeah a little more than 12 hours into this um and we're still we're still seeing the effects of the initial conflict initial strike there are right now members of Hamas and other militant organizations fighting Israeli security forces inside Israeli territory right now. Is it just the scale of the attack that uh, you know sets this apart, or it seems like uh, Hamas and the other groups have achieved you know a high level of strategic surprise against the IDF? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. Strategic surprise. Listen, something like this is obviously well coordinated because it's not just Hamas doing it. Even though you know Hamas is the biggest group in Gaza, the biggest uh, armed Palestinian, Palestinian organization in Gaza. However, there are many other groups below it and that are affiliated with Hamas. Obviously, you know about Islamic Jihad, uh, but there are a lot of other groups, uh, and I'm talking more than a dozen groups, maybe you could say even 20 active armed groups, which most of them are uh, affiliated with Hamas in one form or another. Over the last, like I said, 12, 15 hours, I've identified about a dozen of those groups participating in the um, in the clashes and the fighting. Uh, those who have infiltrated Israel uh, in, the initial, uh, in the initial attack or that have launched rockets uh, towards uh, southern Israel and, and, and Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. So this is, it's quite obvious this is a coordinated between a, a lot of other groups, right? So uh, when you have that many groups involved, it's difficult to understand how this was missed by intelligence, okay? And something like this would have, is likely, likely took many months to prepare or years. I will also add, it's likely there was outside help. What I mean, outside help, uh, actors like Hezbollah, actors like the IRGC, Iran, uh, who are a part of the so-called axis of resistance uh, that uh, you know we hear you hear uh, that's talked about sometimes. Who um, so? Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. It's, I think it's going to take many months after all this is over to figure out exactly what happened. Uh, but right now, as I was saying before, many armed groups are involved in this, still ongoing right now, and we have yet to see the IDF's uh, response to this, which I imagine imagine it's going to be it's going to be severe. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, you know, Iran and the IRGC as as possible coordinating agents. What do you think? Do you have thoughts on their role in this? Uh, you know, pulling the strings, perhaps, or, or providing weapons and resources. Well, what kind of role are they playing, and and why now for staging this kind of uh, this kind of attack? Right. Uh, so I'll say, there's no definitive reason why now. One can say, well. Maybe it's the Saudi-Israeli peace agreement. And what Iran is trying to do is throw the region into chaos and uh, to derail this agreement, right? That's, it is a possibility. But again, we're dealing with terrorist organizations. <laughs> so it's not, uh, terrorist organizations, they, especially specifically the ones we're talking about, Hamas and other Palestinian armed groups, I mean, their uh, their goal is to destroy Israel. So they, they don't really need a, um, 
uh, an excuse, okay? So maybe they saw an opportunity after planning uh, over many months and decided to act now. Uh, but we don't know yet, it's just too early. Uh, but another thing that I think that's very important, something I've worked uh, worked on a lot, especially in the last two years, is Iran, specifically Iran's involvement, or rather its support, its funding, its arming of groups located on Israel's borders. All right, so these borders are Gaza, the West Bank, Lebanon, Syria, you can even include Iraqi groups uh, operating in Syria. Even you could even go all the way to the to, to Yemen and the Houthis. So uh, and so I spent a lot of time focusing on that. Actually, in the last couple of months, I published a uh, a visual on how Iran backs 19, 19, 19 groups on Israel's borders. Uh, and as I said before, they either arm them. Uh, or fund them uh, with the specific goal of uh, murdering Israeli civilians. Uh, so uh, all of what happened today is a surprise, but it isn't a surprise, mm -hmm. all right? Uh, considering all the evidence, all the rhetoric that we've heard in the past few, in, in the last years from Iran, Palestinian groups, uh, Hezbollah, so on and so forth. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I cannot imagine Iran not being involved in this surprise attack. Mm -hmm. What have you seen about um, what the Israeli government, the IDF, uh, is likely to do uh, in response to these attacks? Obviously, in the the near term, uh, repelling you know any uh, Hamas forces still still in Israel. But it's I've seen a number of discussions uh, and reporting online that they're really uh, gearing up for a. a full-scale retaliatory strike or, or counter-operation. Right, yeah. So this is difficult because this isn't, we haven't seen anything like this before, at least in recent times, okay? Uh, 2021, for example, the Gaza, Gaza conflict, there, or even you can go further back, 2014, uh, there was, it, it was a conflict that 20, uh, 2014 lasted uh, 30 odd days, uh, 2021 lasted about 11 days, uh, and then we're serious conflict. This is a, it, was, it was a conflict, but this is different. Israel's saying this is war, okay? And uh, so there's a lot of variables here that, uh, that uh, you just can't predict, but I'll say this. I think it's gonna be difficult for Israel considering how many civilians and soldiers have been abducted into Gaza for, for Israel not to act harshly and uh, specifically uh, a ground invasion of Gaza. I can't say for sure it will happen. I don't know, but I expect it. And a ground invasion of Gaza is completely different than what we've seen in uh, 2021 with where, where it was just mostly airstrikes and uh, and artillery fire. So it, it's it's going to be different for sure. And the Israelis' uh, defense defense establishment has already alluded to this. So uh, things are going to change. Uh, so uh, let's. Um, so it, it's it's very difficult. Uh, what's happening now? There's a lot to unpack. Also, I just want to add that there are other fronts that can that can get involved here. Other arenas: Southern Lebanon, Syria, the West Bank. So there are 
uh, Hamas operates in these areas, Islamic Jihad operates in these areas, PFLP, the DFLP, PFLPGC. There's just all sorts of bad actors that, and Hezbollah, of course, and the Iranians. So um, they can easily jump in uh, this, this this war, okay? So uh, that's a, that's quite a concern that I have. So uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Certainly. So one last question before we uh, before we finish. Uh, what's next for the United States uh, in this? What do you recommend the United States do to help our ally Israel in a, this critical moment? How should we approach uh, approach this situation? Right. I, it's it's clear. The answer is clear to me, but it's difficult at the same time. It's support. And of course, there's, there's, you know, your support in the initial stage of, of fighting, but this, especially if this is a drawn out war, okay, that's when things get difficult. That's when the real pressure starts on the, the, the political system, on, on rather the, uh, on the Biden administration. Uh, so, uh, I think that that's going to be the tough part, and that support needs to continue. Uh, throughout, uh, if there is an extended period of time conflict, if the Israelis invade Gaza. So uh, I think that's it, just unwavering support uh, from the administration, because things are going to get tough, especially if, uh, if, this, if this war drags out more than, I'd say, a few days or a week. Uh, but again, we don't know what the Israelis are going to do yet. So everyone's just sitting watching what's going to happen. So uh, but I think that support is is, is 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 really, really needed because this is something that has never happened before, at least on this scale from Gaza. Uh, so yeah. Joe, thank you for joining me. And thank you all for listening to today's episode of Flash Brief. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Flash Brief is a production of the Vandenberg Coalition. To sign up, to connect and stay up to date with our work, follow our account on X at Vandenberg Co. or visit www.vandenbergcoalition.org to learn more and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, Beyond the Water's Edge. Until next time, I'm Samuel Byers, and this is the Vandenberg Flash Brief.